for tuning in to Talk Right, interviews with the CWW at UNO. I'm your host, Lee Seahan. It's a pleasure to have you back. This week's guest is Alex Tronson. Alex is a friend of mine and a fiction writer in the program. Um, we talk about um, a number of things, writing, David Lynch, um, New Orleans. He tells a funny compelling anecdote um, about New Orleans getting caught in a, uh, um, a uh, drag race at night. Um, I really like the anecdote. I like the way Alex told it. Um, and it says a lot about um, not only Alex, but um, my relationship with Alex. And I think he knew that I would, I would love that story, which is why he told it. Um, great conversation um alex is smart he's funny um he's a good writer there's going to be a lot of good work from him in the future interesting eccentric compelling work um, um with a midwestern heart of gold um he's he's from minneapolis and we touched on that a little bit although i wish i'd asked him more about minneapolis um it's it's one of those bizarre cities that's um very obviously in the Midwest, but and and sort of notoriously white, um, but then also Prince. Of course, the, the artist formerly known as Prince, the musician Prince, was, was from there. So it's uh, seems like a place of uh, um, you know multiplicity. I'd like to talk to him a little bit about that. Sadly, forgot to do that. We didn't get into it, but um, I'm not um, at all ashamed to share this. Uh, conversation with Alex. Um, I think you're going to like it. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm just very pleased to share this conversation with Alex. Thanks for tuning in to Talk Right. Without further ado, Alex Johnson. When you're creating art or writing, making music, um, and maybe even not creating art, just sort of like getting out of bed and getting on with your day, do you ever just feel that lack of, do you, do you feel a lack of inspiration sometimes? Oh yeah. Right? Like yeah. When you're putting oh, together sentences or you're putting together, you know, like chords or a melody or something or anything in your life just trying to get from like the bed to the to the, the coffee maker to, to the car like it's just there's a lack of like magic to it oh yeah I'll absolutely all the time you know like yeah especially it's kind of easy in like when, it, when you're working on music I can start with like certain instruments yeah you know I can start with the drums uh, make a beat and then kind of layer a bass on top of it and work that way or I can start with the melody and work down but uh, with writing and if I don't have like you know some kind of uh, starting off point because I can't just like deconstruct the story like my brain doesn't work that way like I can't just start with the character I can never, like some people like build these huge character portfolios and they can break it down like this is what's in my character's wallet this is what he has for breakfast every day like uh, I need to have like a like a mental image I always start a story with an image in my mind yeah um, yeah I've never so it's been kind of different processes but right I, I know what you mean when, when it comes to I'm gonna get back to um, the magic because I just probably am gonna use you a bit as a therapist um, <laughs> but there's some good for but I know what you mean when, when you're talking about a uh, character um, like not development character creation, like having a starting point. Um, 
some people they do it with plot too. Oh yeah. Where that they'll get really um, like they'll map things out and they'll like huge outlines. Yeah. And they'll create they'll create everything. Stuff, yeah. Like they'll they'll imagine everything before they sort of write it. Yeah. Which you know I mean in a way when they're imagining they're writing too, and it's it, it's I think it's a viable way to to create a story, but. It's me, really smart. It's way yeah, smarter it's really than smart. how I do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you solve a lot of problems for yourself that you'll face later. Yeah. Like I get it. It's a good move. But for me, I've always been interested. I'm like you. I've been interested in the the image. I've been I'm interested in like that little thing that happens. Yeah. And I'm like that was dopamine. Yeah. Like that was that was something. That was magic. That was harsh. Yeah. And I and those moments for me start to link up. Those moments start to become what the story is based on. More than um, you know, needing um, to really understand the ins and outs of the people that I'm writing. Mm-hmm. I need that. The, I need a cohesion between like the superficial elements of the story and the deeper elements. Um, to I need that to clinch, yeah. um, and I can't get that unless I'm in the process of writing. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, it's I can't like you got to work yourself into it. Yeah, right. I can't think yeah. my way through it. I can't start with a running leap like it's just it's like I have to just kind of be there do it and then recognize it as it happens um because and I think you're similar I'm after this feeling yeah yeah I'm after a human feeling feeling. yeah Yeah. you want you want people to read your story and go oh like like that was so human sure I love that yeah yeah that's exactly what I mean I think that's the goal of all it's an insular sort of like like, it's like just, what is that? It's, it's like half to, nostalgia, half uh, right, uh, yeah, hopelessness, and half uh, like I don't know. It's My, a, mine's like a little dash of existentialism, just like yeah. kind of sprinkled over everything. I guess that's it's a, a human, moment. a human experience yeah. feeling. Yeah, yeah, it's like access to the greater sort of like a high mind, but the greater sort of you know s- s- sort of I don't know the the greater uh, expression, the greater expression. Like this is just sort of. We all can relate to this. It's like you're tapping into just something universal, you know? Oh, yeah. I mean, that's kind of when people define, like, um, the goal of fiction writing. It's like, it's the written form of human expression. And it's it's like the, the common language you can use to uh, articulate universal truths and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and that they're right. It's all there. It's, it's, it's like, all there. It's like but, pretty but lofty also, stuff, but right. I, you but know, also, like, wrong. There's so, there's a feeling too, yeah, and it's it belongs to you, and you can other people can like intuit it and like feel it and you know have it and create it for themselves, but it's like as an artist like you're you're after that feeling. I, I mean, maybe not everybody, but I mean I know I am, and like I know I know what it is when I see it, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. I sat down to read a. Uh... It's for me. It's like it's and I love sort of getting it from other places too. Oh, like. Yeah. I love like other people's work almost mm-hmm. as much as I like mine or as yeah. I love mine like because of that feeling like I don't need to be the guy I don't need to um like I don't have this I don't have ambition with my art in the way that a lot of people do mm-hmm. okay yeah. I, I I want people to read it I want it to be good but I want um something out of my life and art enriches my life Mm-hmm. My art, other people's art, it's it's an enriching process, and it's an enriching experience, and for me, that's more important than anything. Yeah, when it comes to you know, like fiction, and I feel like that way um, a lot. You know, when I'm having trouble capturing that magic, you know, that you're talking about, like that kind of 
Because you never want, what you don't want to do when you're writing or you're working on music or you're doing any kind of art is like wait for the lightning bolt. Like right. you never want to have to like sit you down and, and go to work. You got to go to work to get yeah. anything done. So you sit at the table, but um, if the magic's not there, you can like feel it. Like you're if you're uninspired, it's just like nothing. So right, I, and that's I, kind I was, of what started this whole conversation. Yeah, I was I, like, there's inspiration. It's great. We we both know what it is. We yeah. were talking about it, but also like. You know those moments of uninspiration. Oh, yeah, I know. I got this story due for workshop, and, you know, it's a week out, and every day I sit at the, the desk, and I'm like, just nothing's happening. Right. I'll write a paragraph, and be like, it's, it's okay. I it's okay. Know, it's fine. Yeah. I mean, it I doesn't did, go I anywhere. did something here, yeah. but it's like... Then I delete it. Yeah. Come back tomorrow, write the same paragraph. <laughs> right. Right. It's like, okay. Yeah. And it's uninspiring because it doesn't lead anywhere. Yeah. But it's then, like, you could say anything, but what are you going to say next, you know? And then, then you get, for me, it's always been an image with stories. It's like, oh, here's this image of a guy reaching down in the middle of the dark street trying to grab a rat. And I was like, that's, that gets my, like, I, that somehow that image comes to me, you know, mm -hmm. it's based on, you know, personal experience. We have right. these rats in our kitchen. Sustained abuse as a child. Yeah. <laughs> yeah my, uh, <laughs> I have some post-traumatic rat, uh, uh, kind of, I don't know. Do you have, uh. Do you have a rat phobia? No, uh, but I've written about them extensively this semester really? and last semester because when we first moved to New Orleans, uh, my partner Cheryl and I, mm -hmm. uh, a, like a week into uh, us living here, Were there uh, rats? we had some rats in okay. our kitchen. Okay. They infiltrated the apartment. They were not like domestic. I lived in a house with rats once. Yeah. It's, ter it's kind of terrifying. It's bizarre. It's yeah. bizarre because... We had heard like squeaky sounds and things in the wall, maybe, and we're like, "Well, they're in the wall." And then we hear some squeaky but sounds. They're in the like, wall. And then like your bed too. a Lacroix can mysteriously gets knocked over in the kitchen, and it's like, "Okay, there's two options: right. it's a ghost." Right. It is New Orleans, so there, it's possible so it could be a ghost. ghost. Yeah, it could be and I much prefer it be a ghost. Right. God, I've worked in New Orleans for like years, and I'm still yet to see a ghost. I'm very disappointed. Yeah, it's they're they're tricky, man. I watch a lot of ghost adventures. Yeah, uh, you gotta really you gotta really piss them off. You gotta. Yeah, I yeah. love those guys because they're always like, like they stand in the room in the dark and they lock themselves in the most haunted room in the house and they're just like, "Where are you guys? Come on, fight me!" Like right, they're just right. trying to provoke ghosts. I was like, "That's your job. Yeah. That's amazing." But I, the uh, turned out to be rats, and right. so uh, you know you can hear them just like jumping around like. These like meaty thuds dropping in the kitchen. It's like, ugh, there's like multiple of them. And it was just like, it wasn't scarring, you know, but you kind of gloss over it. You're just like, all right, call somebody. We got to yeah. get rid of these rats. We got it's business yes, now. No problem. Yeah. Um, so I, I've been writing a lot about rats, I guess, because okay. of that. Yeah. It's been like a big. They got into it. And it's an odd life event. Yeah. It's like not super stressful. It was handled really quickly, but. Uh, yeah, it's just uh, interesting. So definitely, yeah, definitely, that's a good image. And, then, and so I was thinking that was this is the latest story I wrote for workshop, um, and I was like trying to desperately to write without the magic. And then I thought, like, what if there's a guy who's like reaching down on the street to grab a rat, and like he might like, what's he gonna do when he picks it up? Like, is he gonna strangle it? Is he gonna bring it home and raise it and care for it? Um, and so it was like, okay, that now from there on, I was like, murder or nurture? I was running. I was like, yeah. Oh, who is this guy? Like, where did where did he find the rat? Who's the rat? And then, you know. Right. So I, I, it always comes back to that image for me personally. It's like, I, I can't write anything if I don't have a, like a 
one solid yeah uh, that entry point into yeah. the into the piece yeah 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 it's a convoluted way of saying like i do rely on inspiration <laughs> yeah no i mean i think that um you have avenues as a writer to get to where you want to go but it's so um I think the goal, maybe for some of us, like I think we're similar in this regard, is that we want that um, that avenue to sort of be the um, the one with the most, like I don't know, like that maybe the most escapist route. Mm -hmm. Like when you when you take it, like you're really in it, you're really yeah. in the story, you're outside of like you know um, you know the writing process. Like you're mm -hmm. really in. Um, what's happening in the story and you're, I mean, I guess you're in your head, but you're, you're out of your head and you're in the story. Yeah. And like, that's, it's sometimes it's rare and it's hard to get there. And I think it takes practice. And I think it takes patience. And I think sometimes you just have to write the story. Oh yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like learning to meditate. Kind yeah. Of but that, that's right. Getting to that Zen place, yeah. getting to that moment where you've kind of, let a lot of the ego go and let a lot of the things that stand in the way go yeah. and get to a place where you're reacting to, you know, and, and putting things down that um, you recognize as meaningful in a, in a way that you can't necessarily quantify. Yeah. Like, it's just, it's like a Zen moment, it's meditation. And like, for me, like, that's how I like to work. You can't and work yourself into it. Sometimes it, it, it depends, man. sentences and then something... Sometimes you work your way into it, sometimes it just happens. I'm so infinitely jealous of the people who can like just jack into the matrix and just start like typing. You know, yeah. it just feels like uh, they're they're the kind of people who live by the let your first draft be shit. Yeah. Like that kind of mantra. And um, it's great advice. I mean it's true. Your first draft is gonna suck. Right. Uh, like objectively, it's just gonna be terrible. Um, but I am such a bad self-editor that like you know, I write a sentence and I like tinker with that sentence for 10 minutes and then I write another sentence and I t do the same thing. Yeah. Delete that one, retry re it. And, uh, by the time I like finish a draft, it feels like it's gone through, you know, four revisions already. Right. And it still sucks. <laughs> it's just no, like, I mean, it's very unrewarding. Yeah. <laughs> but, I uh, feel like sometimes though, it's like, yeah, all the work, I was going to say, sure, all the work sucks. <laughs> yeah, um, and there's anything you can take away from phases where, it, where all the work goes through phases where it sucks, but sometimes it gets to to places where it's actually good. Um, and even if you, you like, even if you like really truly hate your work, you know what I mean. Mm. Like some people are just kind of like never going to be satisfied with their oh, work. Oh yeah, really defeatist. Yeah, like I think everybody can kind of get to a place some of the time where they're like, okay, that was the best I could do, and it yeah. was it's not bad. Yeah. And you know when you when you get to that place like. Um, those, those um, phases of, of the revision process or the writing process, like that can be, for me, that's really inspirational. Mm -hmm. Like that's really like, like I can start to get involved in my own work and feel it in a way like it's out, like in an objective way, like it's, it's not something I did. And I, th I also live for those moments, yeah. you know, like just seeing, um, I don't know, seeing like what I'm capable of, but also like knowing that like, I guess what happens is I read it and I can't read it any other way mm -hmm. than how it hits right. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. That starts to happen with, with work that I like. Like, it's just like I always read it the same way. 
and I can always access like little this little place, and I'm like, that's what I wanted to do. Yeah. And I know other people are gonna have it differently, but for me, like getting to that like little space that I created is like ideal. Like that's what I want. That's great. How, how you should have someone else read your story out loud to you. What happens? It's a bizarre. Is it a bizarre sort of experience? Yeah, it's like you've you've developed like. Yeah. You know exactly how you read it to, to make you feel that yeah. thing that you were going after. But when right. they read it, they like, they might just gloss right over that part. Right. And like, it might not mean anything to them. And then you're like, oh, <laughs> I've like trained myself to think that this yeah, is the yeah. thing that was, that I was, that was my happy place. That was my happy place. So that's, it's like, wait, hold on. You didn't, you didn't catch that. You didn't feel that right there. Right. That line. Will you go back and read it again? Right. <laughs> like desperately trying to make them see what you saw in your own work. Yeah. That's a... That's it's good exercise. I mean, it, and humility maybe or something. Sure. Yeah, letting that stuff go. It's like I was in a playwriting workshop this um, semester, and it's been great. Like I've always been interested in plays and the theater. I don't go very often, um, but it's something I like a lot. And I had never written a play before, and so I, you know, I typed up my draft. And what we do in that workshop is, uh, you cast it with the other writers in the class. To play parts, okay. Someone reads stage directions, and you read your whole play before you workshop it. Mm -hmm. uh, so you hear it from different voices, like different characters coming right back at you, and it's amazing. It is at, sometimes it completely elevates it. It's like you get a good actor in class, and a line you wrote like really pops, and you're like, "Oh yeah, see, they get it. They they know what I'm after." Right. And then, uh, then you get that same actor read another line, and it just like sucks yeah and you're like oh no yeah like that's not at all what i intended by that line and, right 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 you know, it's like the subjectivity of it all is like baffling yeah and it, it happens with fiction all the time it's like uh, even myself like uh, i'll have those that sentence right that you're talking about like yeah. that moment in the story that i'm after that i think has encapsulated like that human experience that yeah. human element that yeah, I'm after. yeah, yeah. And then uh, I'll put it away for a while. It'll get workshopped. I'll come back to it a year later, and I'll be like, "Oh, this! What the hell was I talking about? Like, right. I don't feel anything anymore. Right. It's just like completely different." No, it happens. Sometimes, sometimes it happens with like novels that I really like. Oh yeah. You know, like I'll be like, "This just was so cohesive and just like felt like there was some magic there." And then like, you know, some time will pass, and I'll go back to it, and I'm like, "This is just this doesn't work. Yeah. I don't know what they were thinking. This is not a good book." It's amazing how time and like life experience changes the way you see art. Yeah. And like, cause I I was just reading um, the Cathedral Collection by Raymond Carver again. Okay. I hadn't read it in a while, and I was thinking about Ray Carver this semester, and uh, I remember this story, Feathers, which is this guy goes to have a dinner party, and uh, at the house they they have a pet peacock. Oh, and they have the ugliest this. baby in the world. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's just like a pretty funny domestic kind of story. Um, and when I read it in undergrad, it was the first time I read it, uh -huh. and, you know, years ago, five years ago, whatever, like freshman year of undergrad. Um, it didn't, you know, I liked it. That was funny. It didn't really right. hit me. It didn't, didn't get much out of it. And then I read it for the first time last week, and it nearly brought me to tears. I was like, it was a completely different yeah. reading experience. And I, that's just like five years, maybe, from 20 to 25. But yeah. in between then, I've like moved across the country, and I've like done a lot of independent stuff as a human person. Like, yeah, you've changed. And now the story is like changed. completely changed. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, it's meaning on me. 
I was like, oh no. And so that's going to happen with my own stories. Right. I it look does. at my underwear work and yeah, I'm like, yeah. I was an idiot. Yeah. What am I writing about? Yeah. Like, that could happen years later. It could also happen like two minutes later. Oh, yeah. It happened, yeah, the next day. Yeah. <laughs> you, you finish your story, you're all psyched on it, you bring it to workshop and realize, oh no. Yeah. <laughs> it's terrible. <laughs> you know, I think like, the way to kind of get around that is to, because what you're doing is you're judging your story. Oh, yeah. You know, you're judging it based on new criteria. And I think maybe like refusing to let in new parameters and just kind of like remembering why you did it and what your intentions were can be really healthy. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's a snapshot, you know, yeah. when you write a story. Right. Snapshot of how you were feeling at that moment. Yeah. It's like I, me and my older brother, we, we like to make short films and we wrote and shot a lot of short films uh, when we were kids. and. Uh, where, are you, like, where are you from? I'm from Minneapolis, Minnesota. Okay. Yeah, we grew up in the suburb uh, called St. Louis Park. It was right like five minutes from downtown, kind of skyline looming over you all the time. It was, oh, okay. It was great, quiet neighborhood. Um, it's kind of remained that way too. It's uh, pretty untouched, I think, for the most part. Untouched by what? Uh, just like, I mean, you the know, everything's sprawl. building up. The urban sprawl is like expanding. It's like they've built new apartment buildings in St. Louis Park. I mean, things are, it just feels like we're going to have that cyberpunk future I've been dreaming about pretty soon. <laughs> it's going to be awesome. Nice. Um, but, uh, so we shoot a lot of short films and in undergrad, uh, when I was living in Eau Claire, Wisconsin, my brother and I had kind of co-wrote and kind of co-directed this short film and uh, we were pretty happy with how it turned out. It was like a guy uh, it was like a, like a dumb, goofy, almost like a sex comedy thing. Kind nice. of vibe. It was like a guy who had a, a sex tape with his girlfriend on her computer, like she had it. And he, they broke, they have this big breakup and he wants to desperately run and, and delete it because he's afraid, um, you know, that she's going to do something with it to right. get back at him or, you know, and, uh, what was your title? Um, I think it was like. It's it's you not me or something like that, uh, like something stupid. Uh, that, that, like that's what like a big ass budget Hollywood. Oh yeah, Hollywood yeah. We were, we were going after it. like a goofy comedy thing, and then, uh, but what I didn't realize was I was writing about my own breakup and like how I felt about it because <laughs> I was going through a breakup at the same time that we made this movie, and then when we finished the movie and we edited it and done, we both watched it. We're like, oh no. Like, this movie, it's terrible, and it doesn't have anything good to say about relationships. It's, like, such a nihilist that it's not funny. It's, like, the most depressing thing oh, in the world. Oh, that's the worst thing you could we say. We thought it was hilarious making it. would be funny. Yeah, and then we watched it, and we're like, oh, God. Yeah. Like, this is just depressing. It was just awful. Um, <clears throat> and so we we buried it. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, we, we had, like, a showing with it, and it was up on YouTube for a while, and I don't know if it's still around, maybe. Right. No, I but that happens that. with stories all the time. It's like I'll write a story, and then uh, I won't realize what it was about until you know a year later or two years later, and be like, oh, <laughs> right, that's what I was doing. Right, uh, and yeah. that's that's good. It's good to know what I was feeling back then. And like I've uh, made some art with that feeling, which is kind of productive, I think. Yeah. But yeah, there's I have hold up. I have like snippets from my life I, I guess like I started calling them complexes but that's not really what they are but like it'll what I'll have
have like a, a book, an album, and an event, mm. and it'll all kind of come together. Yeah. And I'll remember like eras where I was reading that or listening to that oh, yeah. or watching that or, you know, dating this person or I had this disease or, or, or I was living in this city or whatever. And, um, and I'll start to piece things together and I'll have like, um, like again, like complexes, just little, mm. you know, sort yeah, of I've always called them moments. phases. Yeah. Phases. Yeah. yeah. It's like, uh, there was a summer where I just watched every David Lynch movie. Yeah. I watched Twin Peaks like three times. It was just like, would only, anytime I sat down to watch something, it was always a David Lynch production. Right. I did that with, uh, did you ever read Michelle Feldbeck? No, I never have. No. Maybe don't. <laughs> maybe, uh, don't. maybe don't. I'm not, I'm not sure that you're missing anything by not reading uh, Feldbeck. But Here's a hot lathe take for you. Yeah, but he would, he's just this very like, um, sort of like nihilist, nihilistic, French novelist. Oh yeah, that's a, I need more of that in my life. Well, right, no one does. It borders <laughs> on. It borders I'm, on. I'm defeatist enough. Yeah, yeah, severe homophobia, severe oh, xenophobia, but then also just like moments of like kind of like literary brilliance. Yeah, but it, and it got you for a time. It got me for a time. Not the xenophobia, the homophobia. Oh, no, that came, yeah, that came later in his career. Yeah. What got me was the, um, just like it was the literary stuff. Yeah. yeah. Like there were just little like, because I was always I was writing then. Mm -hmm. um, I was like 24 and yeah. I was doing a bunch of um, like prep for grad school. I thought I would go sooner than I did. Yeah. So I was just writing stuff just to get it all out, just to have material ready. And um, I was reading a lot of Welbeck to sort of inspire myself. And it was just, there were just really like um, just grounded sort of moments, just like really insightful moments into the human body, mm -hmm. the human sexuality, human illness. And it was all very frank, and I just really appreciate the frankness. Yeah. Um, so I was reading a lot of Welbeck, and um, that period, like that phase, that complex, it, it just it bleeds over into so much of my twenties, you know. Mm -hmm. And I can pinpoint like the novels of his that I was reading. Yeah. And I just it stays with me, you know. Yeah. Um, but um, how do we get on this again? Um, well, we're talking about kind of your work as a snapshot of how you were feeling when yeah, you wrote it. Right. And, yeah. And um, you can always, and, um, I, and I always, what I was going to say is I can return to that blowback and any, and all the other little phases and mine it for meaning and material. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Like versus like having nothing to or like having this, and like this feeling like, Oh, I have to create all of this out of thin air. Yeah. I, I, I don't have to, because I have these, this sort of Rolodex of like little, little periods in my life that are actually really ripe. Yeah. Like I can pull from them whenever I need stuff. And I don't know if that's a writer's thing, if that's something that I did in preparation for like all the writing I knew I would have to do or that I want to do or what, but it's, I have that. And I don't know. Do you have that? Do you have stuff like that? Um, I'm trying to think. I, I guess I do. Uh, I think, you know, at that time after undergrad, I was a creative writing major in undergrad, so I was writing stories then. But once I graduated, like my productivity just like nosedived. Yeah, same. I like started working at the movie theater. I started bartending. And Were you in Minneapolis? Yeah, okay. I was living in Minneapolis. I moved back there, and uh, I just got real comfortable, real complacent, just like you know, I I knew I was gonna be applying for schools, right. and I did. <clears throat> And I didn't get in anywhere the first round. And I was like, because I was using all these undergrad stories that like I didn't really believe in anymore. Like even just a couple years removed from them, like 
and I, but that was so obvious, you know, right. they were just so young and, uh, and some of those I've, I've taken elements of and repurposed in new stories, you know, just like, mm -hmm. like, I don't like how they read as a whole from that time period anymore, but I like some of the elements in there, mm -hmm. you know, and those still ring true to me and like the characters ring true, mm -hmm. um, because, you know, I feel like the way I was feeling when I wrote those are, are some are valid. Yeah. You can hold on to those those stories also that, that, that period in your life. Yeah. It, it, they're like they're almost literally snapshots where yeah, like just yeah, having that those access to those memories and those times is like it's almost as important as the work itself. Right. Because you know, during that, that summer where I was just watching the David Lynch movies, like I would watch Blue Velvet before I wrote any story. Yeah. And anytime I sat down to write something I just like screen blue velvet for myself and then I would like get to work and write a story and then they all came out like amateur David Lynch ripoffs. I was like well maybe I'm taking the inspiration a little too happy. <laughs> so what was your draw to David Lynch? I'm also a big David Lynch fan. I know that's how we met. Yeah. Uh, at that, that someone's birthday party or something. Oh it was a greatest party. Yeah. Were we talking about David Lynch at greatest party? Yeah you were in a blue velvet t-shirt. That, oh, that was right. like the first time I ever talked to you. Yeah yeah. Uh, I think I was like in the corner holding a bottle of Jim Beam and like yelling about something that turned and here you were yeah uh, blue velvet on your t-shirt I was like oh my god yeah Lee. <laughs> I love blue velvet oh yeah it's by far probably my favorite it was, is it was okay bad, I think so I think it's what I watched is most different yeah well that's great yeah I mean they're, they're all even Inland Empire and those did we talk about Inland Empire I don't know have you watched it yeah it, it, it didn't do it for me it's uh See, it was an uninspired film in well, my opinion. It's not like a... It's, it's weird to say it's not like a movie. Yeah. It, but it's not. I think it, it, it was, he intended it to be like um, an ongoing web series okay. for his like website at the time, if I remember correctly. And then he kind of just started building and building. He realized, him, oh, it's going to become this huge three-hour right. film. But it's still kind of like a bunch of web... Siri. It's what it feels like. It's, yeah, it's, it lacks cohesion and like I'm it constantly thrown out of the narrative. Yeah. But it's got that great thing with the rabbits. The rabbits is a thing, yeah. It's like wonderful. Um I, I, I like Indian Empire just like for the vibe. Okay. It's like a good like it's like a bizarre vibe movie. It's like I can put it on and not really pay attention because I'm not gonna get the story anyway. Right. With that one. I mean right. like with Mohan Drive I Kind of pieced it together over the well, years. Well, Drive is that's what's so interesting. You can unlock that story. Like yeah, Inland you, Empire, it's a little, you can, little tough. You like Mahal uh, Drive is one of those movies you can just watch like half a dozen times and walk away with a different interpretation. Yeah, oh yeah. Every and, time I watch it, I pick up a new. Yeah, little. but it all it, it all links together. It all clicks where it it doesn't necessarily matter what objectively is happening. Yeah, because yeah. you're still like you're walking away with meaning from it. So it's like it could be anything that you want it to be, yeah. Um, without it being like too trippy or weird, yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's just very open to interpretation, and I think like that's not easy to do. And I think what really drew me to his work at that time is like the same reason I love fiction is like it's such a, you know, with a lot of movies, I, I kind of buy into the auteur theory. You yeah. know, I most of my favorite movies are same writer director. You know, mm -hmm. he's all who was also like probably the producer and one of the actors, you know, I love right. these like really intense singular visions. Right. And that's, I think David Lynch is like the, the, you know, the Twin Peaks, the return was, it's amazing because 
Showtime gave this guy like a bunch of money and was like, okay, people, the people believe in you. Yeah. And they just like let him go uh, with it. You know, he had, he had constraints, of course, but for the most part, that's like just his and Mark Frost's like singular vision. And, you know, most of that is, I think David Lynch kind of overpowers. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of David Lynch in yeah. Twin Peaks for sure. Uh, I love that. I love to like what I love about fiction is that singular vision. It's like here's a, a person who sat down and wrote like 300 pages with these characters and like knows them better than um, they may know people in their own real lives. Yeah. Uh, and you get this. Not only do I like uh, just kind of infiltrating a character's mind for a while. I really, you know, I love that about fiction and stories. It's like. It's a great way to teach empathy, you know. Yeah, somebody like, said that to me the other day. Yeah, it's like, that's, I mean, um, but it's also a, a snapshot and a look into the author's mind, too. It's like, yeah, like this is what you're thinking about. Mm -hmm. You know, I crack open that Ray Carver story, and it's like, oh, this is, like, this is what's consuming you at this moment. Like, you get to see his snapshots when you read that collection. Right, um, right. And, like, yeah, you, it's you may hate those That's true, they're human, too, but... There's also a connection. There's a real life human connection. Yeah. Behind this, behind most art, oh, especially good art, you're connecting with that creator. Yeah, and you know, and it's also subjective too. And you know, I, I totally understand why David Lynch movies infuriate people. Sure. It's like I, I get it. You're yeah. not wrong to feel that way. <laughs> right. It's a, um, it's challenging, but it's also it's there's not much of a precedent for it. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's, you're not, like, when you're, like, educated, and, you know, high school, college, like, the art is a big part of education. You're not yeah. taught how to interpret narratives like that. Oh, it's no. not a part of, no. it's not, it's a part of, like, you know, our culture, but it's, it's, it's um, a challenging part of the culture, and it's not something that's mainstream. You, yeah, you, have, you have to seek it out. Yeah. yeah. Well, like, the people that are into these things, are into these like, they're into David Lynch, for example, or into David Lynch for a number of reasons. Oh, yeah, yeah. But to, like, to truthfully engage with it, like, the way that sort of, like, we're taught as MFA students and, and people with, like, creative writing degrees and English degrees mm -hmm. is a lot different than, like, the way that we engage with it when we're not activating that analytical side. Right, right. And, what, and, and I guess what I'm, what I'm trying to say is it's challenging to not have the tools to sort of, like, understand that stuff. It be, and it becomes, like... It starts to be. It's, it can be like nonsense. It's, it's impenetrable. Yeah, yeah it can just like, feel like absolutely it's like a nonsense. big shield in front of you. Yeah. yeah. So I, did, like, I tried to yeah. watch Inland Empire when I was in high school. Uh, it showed up on Netflix for a while, like right when Netflix streaming yeah. started. Like Inland Empire was on there. Yeah, I remember that. I think that's when I watched it. Yeah, and I watched it. You know, in high school with my older brother, and um, we were both just like flabbergasted by the thing yeah all we took away from it was that scary Laura Dern face at, at the end it's just like yeah the, jump, she was the, one, the one jump scare in the whole movie or whatever it's yeah <laughs> that was like whoa that movie's so scary right it's like no it's it's uncomfortable and it's unnerving for like a whole host of other reasons that I couldn't right. even understand because right. I was just like like why'd they shoot it on like DB like that was my yeah that was interpretation that was a big deal it's like why did they shoot it like on this Right. It looks like crap. It looks like crap. Yeah, uh, and I didn't understand that that was like a particular aesthetic, maybe that yeah. the author was going for. Right. Um, yeah. No. Yeah, I mean, but then after college, you know, after especially now, after some years of grad school, where I'm 
really indulged my pretentious side. Yeah. Like I, I'm like, oh, I'm just, yeah, you know, picking up on all these things and. Um, so I become more enjoyable out there. I did that with music. Mm-hmm. I went through a period where I wasn't listening to music. It was oh, probably yeah, like yeah. a year and a half. I kind of do that sometimes too. Even yeah. when I make music, like or, or I wasn't. Dis- to I was music. listening to music, but I wasn't discovering music. Yeah, yeah. You know, just I wasn't the same record. I was listening the same shit over and over again. Yeah. And um, it just took some like meeting certain people and listening to certain records to kind of like shake me out of it. Yeah. And and sort of get me interested in learning about new music again. Yeah. And since then, I've been and I guess it's been going on for I don't know a year, maybe less than a year, where I've just been looking for the weirdest shit that I can find. Like, I, I want, I want it to be... That's great. That's yeah, great I just, mission. I, yeah, I don't want, I don't want it to have, like, all the traditional elements. Like, I want it to just be something really challenging for me. Um, because that music, for whatever reason, makes me feel like I'm listening to music. Do you know what I mean? But it just, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's yeah, like, so. my tastes have evolved, mm. um, but also... And they've evolved to the point where for it, for it to be a good song, in my opinion, it needs to bother me or challenge me or push yeah, me. That's, inter- that's fascinating. Yeah, like if it's just like fucking like Van Morrison or something, <laughs> like I'm just like, what is this shit? Turn it off, put on some fucking, you know, whatever. Like I just need it to be um, a fiasco in my head for, you know, a while. I um, need that. Just like some crazy underground... Um, yeah. Or what? But One no, it's not even. Keyboard it's or, not even that. It it can, It's just how I access it, and yeah. it's usually like I'm cherry picking like a couple of songs from from all kinds of different artists, and I'm like, whatever's happening here is what, it, um, is is, is not happening with the rest of the album, mm-hmm. and it's not necessarily even that challenging. But the way that I'm like accessing it, yeah. like my entry point to it, kind of skews it, and like it makes it really like exciting for me mm. um and it's like all kinds of stuff like country music dance music rap music like it's 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 almost like as long as it pisses you off yeah <laughs> because I'm, it's like it but it's it's what i'm realizing is it's the, the curation of these songs yeah. more than just the songs like there's a big part of um i mean like so you're after the discovery of it's the, the discovery it's more the so discovery. than even listening to the yeah. song yeah yeah the curation and discovery of the music more than the music itself. And you can go to your friends and be like, Joe, you bet you never heard of this band. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, like, when they put it up, when I put it on, it's just absolutely jarring for all of us. <laughs> and, like, it doesn't even sound time. like the song I heard the first time. I'm like, yes. <laughs> this is inspiration. It's even better. This is inspiration. Um, Love that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I, I just do the, I find a record that I like and I just listen to it to death. Yeah. What are you uh, listening to right now? Uh, right now, I'm listening to this guy. I think he's uh, Pacific Northwest, maybe Washington. Or, uh, he goes, it's parentheses Sandy, uh, but his name is Alex G. Oh, yeah, I know him. Uh, his, he had a new record come out, I think it was 2019, earlier in the year. It's just awesome. It's just so is it good? good? Yeah. I think I've listened to, like, to, like, again, like, I've listened to a couple songs on it, but I don't think I've sat down and listened to the whole album. Yeah. Is uh, it good? That's wonderful, yeah. Okay. There's a song called Gretel by him. Yeah, it's like a song. It's like great. Italian Hansel and Gretel or something. There's one called Hope where he's talking about a friend of his that died from fentanyl. And okay. He's just like, why should I write about it now? I guess i got to honor him somehow. Right. It's like, it's great. Wonderful lyrics, like, like you know, they could, you could rip him right out of a Dennis Johnson novel or something. Or 
he's a, he's either he's a great songwriter, right? And he's just a very eclectic instrumentation. Like some of his songs sound like a alternative country Americana vibe, and mm-hmm. then he's got like crazy vocal sampling and electronic drums in some of them, and one of them's just like almost a metal song. It's just right. Uh, it's just it's something I can put on and like on repeat, never get sick of it. Um, but I will, and then I'll move on to another move one and do the one. same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I was, um, so like, do you think that that record is like a part of like a, a phase now? Oh yeah, yeah. Like, do you relate it to like parts of your life that are taking place now? No, I I write with music. Mm-hmm. Um, which so you write with movies and music, or you? Yeah, well, yeah. I, I like pack myself full of uh, potential inspirations. Yeah, yeah. Like targeted inspirations. Right. It's like, like here's here's something I really like, and I want to kind of imitate it. You know, so I'll sit down and I read a bunch of. Raymond Carver stories. Then I'll watch a bunch of David Lynch movies. Then I'll listen to this one record on repeat while I write the story. Yeah. See what happens. So, dude, is there an escapist <laughs> element? Do you have an escapist streak? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I play video games all the time. And that's yeah. like. But you also time. like. It sounds like you 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 consume art to es- to escape to a degree. Oh yeah. Because you're using it to get into your art, which I don't care really who you are. Is writing is a form of. It by default is a form of like uh, escaping from you know yeah daily, I think writing fiction life. probably yeah I you have to go into the story right? when you're writing essays and stuff you kind of have to hyperanalyze your own life and that's kind of the opposite of, right it's the opposite yeah. it's, a, it's a weird kind of like masochistic escape into your own life yeah which is like this <laughs> weird inversion it's almost a punishment and it's like you, you, you get good luck escaping massive your respect life. for non-fiction writers right but, but when you write fiction I mean like it, not even like fantasy like, yeah. it's just the nature of the 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 creative writing project is like it's you're creating people who don't exist you're creating mm-hmm. stories that don't exist plots that don't exist you know details that don't exist yeah settings that don't exist and so you like, just get to color it in yeah. with your own so life experience you're going to a, a literal like an almost literal nowhere land so like there has to be an escape streak in you oh or, yeah, you know yeah. so but it sounds like you're padding that 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 area with your with you know, movies and books and things to kind of get you even further dislocated in some way. What What are you after? Well, I think uh, I find you know a movie or or a record or a TV show or something that I respond to um, that like hits that gives me that you know mm-hmm. to bring it back to that like whatever that feeling is that human yeah feeling that I call it magic that magic yeah. yeah. So I find something that has you know imbued me with that magic. Yeah. For at least a brief period of time, it could be like the show Ozark on Netflix did that to me. Okay, incredibly inspired. I love that show. True Detective did that. For yeah, me. exactly. I had a huge True Detective thing. Yeah. Um, uh, like, obsessed with it. True Detective season one. Yeah, yeah. 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 Third one was pretty good. I, think it's all right. uh, I couldn't get past it. I was like, season one was too good. I don't want to ruin it. Season two? I haven't watched any of it. Oh yeah, season two is a is an interesting departure. They, they kind of bring that, that season one vibe back for the third one. Okay. And Marshall, Marshall Ali and Stephen Dorfer. Yeah, they, I can see that being awesome. really good. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Um, but yeah, so you, I, I always find something like that. Uh, and I'm like, okay. And I hate, I kind of hate this in, in a way because, you know, it's like when I was watching Blue Velvet, I wrote a story about like cults in suburbia. And I was like really obsessed with this image of suburbia because... I grew up in the suburbs and I responded to Blue Velvet, you know, 
and I loved that movie so much. I would be like, anytime I sat down to work on the story, I'd like put Blue Velvet on. And I, I hope it's not just like I'm copying it, but it's, uh, I definitely find that a lot of my stuff is imitative yeah. of, the, of the stuff that's inspired me. And I, I think... But you embrace it. You like it. You want Yeah, them. I embrace it, and that's what I'm going for. You know? yeah. It's like I want those to be... Uh, you know, illusions or, but I don't want it to be like too like derivative of right. that stuff. Like I, I want it to have its own life, and that's so you you it's a tricky thing to navigate sometimes. You you mentioned that you like the auteur, um, uh, the vision of the auteur, and being able to connect to an auteur when you like mm-hmm. you know um, read that book or watch that movie. Do you um, like? Are you when you allow for imitation in your work, like, is it a similar sort of impulse where you're like, it's not, where you're like, this is, um, not necessarily homage, but this is what makes this, my work compelling is that I'm, it's a part of a larger conversation. It's a part of a cultural conversation. Like there's mm-hmm. like a, a pop culture vibe to it. There's it's, it's maybe even like a splash of irony. Like there's, there's, there's sort of like cultural elements acting outside of like just what's going on in my brain. And having access to that and kind of including that, letting that all run through it, like, does that imbue it with some sort of, like, magic? Or... I think so, yeah. I just think about, like, the um, the people who know it's me. It's like the Times Square of your brain. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's just a bunch of screens. Yeah. Yeah, shooting down light at me. Right. Um, I, I think what I like about, um, you know, being inspired by something is, like, I, so I'll, I'll People who know me know that my favorite writer is Dennis Johnson. I talk about it all the time. Mm-hmm. Jesus' Son is the book that like made me want to take writing seriously and go to grad school. It's like one of the biggest books in my lifetime. And uh, so I think about like, okay, Dennis Johnson, he inspires me the way that maybe like Isaac Babel inspired him. You know, he talks about Jesus' Son being his version of Red Cavalry, okay. um, which are like Russian war stories. And, but, so he's taken that kind of, uh, that heightened reality, that, uh, that kind of literary side of Babel, and he's imbued it with his own life, you know. Now he's written, instead of Russian war stories, he's written, uh, bar stories and drug stories and recovery stories. Um, and so I think about, you know, who inspired Babel and, you know, Mm -hmm. like, so Babel probably read something that inspired him to write and then he's like well what can I offer and I think about that you know if I'm writing um, stories that are imitated of, of Dennis Johnson I don't want them to be like rip-offs I want to imbue my own life experience with whatever aesthetic or kind of um, yeah you know. I get it you see your you see your you see your work as part of the larger cultural conversation yeah yeah, I see like, like I see the lineage kind of. You right. know, there's a because um, like the people you know, look at David Lynch. It's like who inspired him? He's mm-hmm. looking at Kubrick. He's looking at um, mm-hmm. Fellini and these people and these guys inspire him. Sunset Boulevard was a huge one of his inspirations. You mm-hmm. totally see that, right? right? In, in, the, in the mystery elements and the noir elements of his. Totally. But he's he's brought something new to the table, and I think that's just like I'm I'm fascinated by that aspect of art culture and creating art is like it's always coming from somewhere because none of our thoughts are completely totally original 
No, of course not. It's just an amalgamation of all the things we've consumed already. And we're just kind of jumbling it up, getting the references confused, and then regurgitating it back onto the page in a different order. Right. That's kind of how I look at it. Um, and you, you embrace that. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. like, that's why I, anytime I sit down to write a story, I always like read a short story that I like. And it doesn't have to be the one that I, you know, it could be like a Laurie Moore story or Flannery O'Connor. It could be anything. It won't necessarily, my story won't just come out looking like a good man is hard to find or anything. Um, it'll come out the way it's going to come out. But like, um, but you're the, 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 like the, the web that all that information has to pass through, the filter yeah, that all that information has to pass like that, through. Yeah. And when it passes through you, it's not going to be the like same. Not everything makes it through the web, you know, yeah. the filter. It's yeah. Like, like it's going to like come out, like you said, garbled and regurgitated, yeah. but that doesn't mean that it's not going to be consumable. Right. Like it's not going to be something that you actually want. It's like, it's like, be, like I, really you want to share, or you're proud, or like something that's like, you're like, look, this is like, this is good. Yeah. So, yeah, it's like, use Blue Velvet. Uh, I watch, I sit down and I watch Blue Velvet, and I love the suburbia aspect of it. Like, how in the daytime it's very pretty and beautiful and pristine and perfect, and then at night, the suburbs have taken on this, like, crazy, violent darkness. Mm -hmm. And that, that flip-flopping, you know... Uh, the camera goes into the grass and you see all the bugs under the grass. And it's like, so I love that. And that makes it through the filter. But what doesn't is like Frank Booth and the singer and the, right. yeah. That, that plot line doesn't make it through. But that image makes it through. Yeah. And then, so then I'm writing a story about suburbia, but I'm in a playwriting workshop in my real life. And I was like, I really like the idea of, of theater. So one of the characters is a playwright. Mm -hmm. And then there's like a cult involved. I've been watching a lot of cult documentaries okay like that makes it through and so all these elements from other things that i've been you know observing and watching and reading and listening to yeah. come together in a story yeah and it I, turns into a little complex meaning yeah yeah and it takes its own it takes on its own life you know yeah. without hopefully being too derivative of any of right. one of the things that inspired it wow i really like that i really like your awareness of your processor like your your agreeableness in terms of like engaging with things that you like, like you're not saying no to anything. Oh yeah, you know I I really I, that's I think that's like such a valuable um like skill like to just be like you know what I like this yeah like I want I don't know how this is like I want to open myself up to all this shit because I don't know what it's gonna do to me or what it's gonna do to my work but you know what I like it yeah and I mean that's what's that's important isn't there like a saying. Like one of those writer sayings where it's like good writers or good artists imitating great artists steal or something. Yeah, it's Picasso, I think. Is it Picasso? Yeah. yeah. Um, I it's like kind of like that to an extent. I don't I don't really like stealing. Right. I don't I don't want to be a thief. But it doesn't sound like you're stealing. To me. It sounds like you're letting yourself be sensitive to the things that you know are making an impact on you. I mean, yeah, it's like we we're all doing that. I think an extent like I read I read stuff in workshop and it's like oh you're a big John Irving fan right, you, you, know, right. Like, you, you yeah. recognize those things it's like in the last story I turned in for workshop uh, Rick Barton wrote on the, the critique he's like uh, yeah this is a very notably sparse story Raymond Carver would be giving you a thumbs up and be like ah he saw he saw it right he's, through he's, that yeah, you know? it's, true. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like but I'm not I'm not trying to hide it right no that's what I, that's what I appreciate 
that's why I appreciate what you said because like you're aware of it of your influences yeah. in a way that some people like move through their influences yeah. maybe without ever really being aware of it you actually like want to own it like you're or you're like really sort of you're comfortable with those things making appearances. I'm citing my sources. Yeah, you're citing sources. <laughs> just covering my ass. Right. <laughs> because someone's gonna be like, "Oh, this sounds an awful lot like Dennis Johnson." And be like, "Oh shit." <laughs> right. You you you're like you don't want to be a fraud, so you're like, you know what? I am a fraud. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I just beat him to it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't take me seriously. I'm a fraud. Yeah. Um, no, no, I, I, I think. Yeah, I, my hope is that it, it's never too derivative, and if it Duh, is, you know, workshop will call you on and be like, this sure. is way too like, much like this thing. Um, luckily, that hasn't happened yet, at least not to my face, um, which is fine. <laughs> I had, I had, we had one workshop together, right? Yeah, just, yeah, just last one year, with, yeah. With, with Neil, yeah. I really, I really liked your work because it was, um, I recognized some similarities with mine where it was like, I'm going to say it's superficial, but it's not what I mean. Yeah. I just mean that, like we, like we discussed at the top of the pod, it's, it's, there's an interest in getting the details and getting these little moments yeah. more than there is like in crea creating this like full-on character. Yeah, um, even with the lasting images. Yeah. I mean, there's it's, like, well, oh, was that the story where that guy in a bee suit standing in his yard with the floodlight? Was like, that's what I remember. I don't remember, you know, what actually right. that story I don't, was and, You know, like, I don't know, <laughs> right, and I don't really know who the... I know who that character is through the story. Yeah. I don't know who the fuck that character would be outside of the story. Right. right. You know what I mean? Or yeah. as a person. Like, there's not, it's not a trope. That's not a type, necessarily. Um, and that kind of um, style of writing for me is, like, exciting. Yeah. It's because yeah. it's it's discovery-oriented. And, and hopefully... I, just, I don't know. It always That always captures my attention. And that's, yeah, we were talking about at the beginning. It's like, I'm always after those, like couple of images yeah. you know a short story if I can get like some a couple solid clear images down and like scenes sequences mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be just an image you know for a me it can, dialogue it can be a deep and single detail for yeah, me yeah. and I, that'll make the whole story uh, yeah well it, it does yeah it's a, that's the stuff you remember it's like that's why you can never remember the titles to these movies that you saw as a kid but you remember uh, exactly like one or two details or moments mm -hmm. or you know mm -hmm. it's like what was that one movie some actor's face yeah you see yeah you see you remember these certain things but you don't remember like how it all came together necessarily right. Right. Um, and it's you know hopefully those things are, are good enough to bring you back mm -hmm. and then the reader will realize what you were after and right. pick up on that human element that you're trying to the magic yeah yeah the magic the inspiration the magic so um it's like a baiting your reader with yeah. <laughs> like, you know, oh look at this it, you know you are baiting them because there's really nothing below the surface you know what i mean like, yeah it's like it's a story like it's just it's it's about those moments more than it's about like what they lead to or what the what the moral lesson is you know i mean it, it really is about like that discovery of that detail yeah. and the discovery that it mattered like that's that's it. Like, that's the not getting pulled, you know? Well, here's, do you ever, um, you're saying kind of moral message, uh, do you ever go into a story with that in mind first? I never, I never do, but I, I, I realize stories uh, in workshop and outside of workshop where it feels like, oh, this came mm -hmm. first, and then the image I, came, I, and I, then I, the characters I, came. I don't think that we write that way anymore. 
I, I, I think. I don't think we do. I, yeah. I think we think That's that That's a real way. Victorian kind of... Yeah, it's a yeah. Victorian sort of um, imperative to teach or instruct. And I, I, I guess... that impulse, I, I see it. Oh, no, yeah, it's in people. Yeah. You know, like, you, you, you never want to um, just be a degenerate or, you know, not have some sort of moral ground right, that somebody yeah. pushes you to, you know, be like, well, what do you believe? Like, who are you? Like, you always want to be like, well, I think this is right and this is wrong. Like, yeah. I mean, you know, because we're not, like, we're people, you know, like, we're people. But um, when you're creating stuff, it's that's not the intention. That's not the goal, and at least not anymore. I don't, I don't think so, and it's never really been that way for me. Um, at the end of the day, I'm always just kind of at the base level just trying to be entertaining. Yeah. Whether that's funny or sad or scary yeah. or whatever the story's tone is. Right. I just want people to keep turning pages. It's like that's my base goal for any story that I write. Is like I just want them to want to turn to page two. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's like, uh, and to do that, you give them, you give them the, the bait, yeah. the fish food. You get the, the yeah. interesting images and the funny, interesting lines and the... Uh, a striking dialogue or something. You also give a little piece of yourself. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, they'll pick that up on, you know, as they keep turning pages, hopefully. It's like, hopefully, oh, yeah. Hopefully they start to see who you are. They'll see that, uh, you know, that's the author in there. And apart from the influences that made this story, it's the author and the, the life that they've led uh, have, have infiltrated that story as well as those influences right that's so important i think it's understated but it's important yeah and that's like i don't know it's what you love about fiction it's like uh you read a story with characters and something gets you it's something you know i i kind of hate in workshop there's a tendency to be like all oh, these characters are so relatable and like to say that and it's like well does that yeah matter? i mean yeah. i don't know like is that does that matter like is that is that why you're returning pages it's like it doesn't their circumstances need to be relatable that right. doesn't make it a necessarily a good story it can be about a space alien and right. who lives on mars and like that is not my it's not relatable but they may have uh observations yeah that you, you can tap into the you know yeah. the universal experience yeah you know right from the perspective of, like, of, a, of a literal animal or it's a, like a good sci-fi and speculative sure. fiction yeah right that's what, that's do, what i'm I saying yeah like you can you can get to that human place with, you know, I mean, characters that aren't human, which is kind of a paradox, but um, that's the sort of, I guess that's the, the trick of writing, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's a special sort of art form um, because you're, you're able, you're, you're creating um, a perspective on humanity. You're not imitating life. Yeah. Yeah. It's observations. That's what I love about like hanging out with writers all the time is like they're the most observant people I've ever met. Yeah. They're all, you know, they, they're the ones who see you like when you take a sip from your water bottle and a little water comes out the side of your mouth and hits your shirt. Like yeah. writers are the people in the room that notice that. Yeah. And like laugh at you. I mean, like, and then write about it. Yeah. And then they, they see you like, tri like trip up on your own feet. Yeah. You don't think anybody knows, they, they know, but they notice it, there's and then the, they also know how to describe yeah. it. There's the writer in the corner, and they, yeah, yeah. I saw you uh, when your right foot came over, and and your the tiptoe of your steel-toed boot like yeah. brushed against your heel, and you tripped. Like I saw that. God damn. It. <laughs> that's 
That's like, um, I like the character that you created just there. <laughs> not the person, not the writer character, but the guy with the steel toe boots. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> who's wearing steel toe boots to workshop. <laughs> Somebody wants to make a statement. Um, so, we, I guess we, we've really covered some uh, ground that I wanted to cover. I kind of jumped in because yeah. I've actually just been meaning to pick your brain about the process of writing. And we haven't had a chance to talk much this semester. It's right. Been both been busy. I've been busy. Yeah, same. Yeah. Um, with work and schoolwork and actually I haven't even had much time for writing. So I'm really excited to move into my thesis writing, which yeah. is going to happen next yeah. semester. Um, that's and, looming over me. In a, in and I'm trying to get right myself now. in a, I'm really, like, that's why I'm, what I'm saying is I'm glad that I got to talk to you because you're somebody that I, I think sort of understands how to pad, um, pad yourself with influences and give yourself like opportunity to like feel um, some of that magic and um, you appreciate it. And it's sometimes it's hard for me to get there. Mm. Um, like I need, like, you know, with the music and the curation of music, I almost need the discovery of the music more than the music itself. So like, I'm trying to get to a, like a place as I be start, as I start to write my thesis where I'm like um, sort of feeling that, process that upcoming process yeah so it was good to, to talk to you about that um and i just as we wrap up um i wanted to ask you about new orleans oh yeah because for me the city is like just full of images and like oh, yeah. the buildings yeah. and things that just like capture my attention constantly i get a lot of inspiration from the city and i, I kind of love it for that reason and i'm just curious like you're from the midwest from minneapolis mm. um I imagine there's similarities, but also like no one else is very specific. It's like very much its own thing. And like, you know, when you're, when you're here, living here, um, what are some of the things that, um, you know, are, are inspirational for you or like give you a sense of like, okay, that was exciting. This is something I'm going to keep. This is something I'm going to draw from. Oh yeah. Well, um, or, I mean, or does that not happen for you? Oh, it happens all the time. Okay. It's, some people like they move here and they're like, it's fine. It's fine. It's just yeah. like home. Right. Yeah. Right. But so, for me, uh, like, this place is ghosts and there's like stark shadows yeah. and like old abandoned buildings. So I'm like, it's aesthetically it's, so different yeah, than Minneapolis. Yeah. I mean, it charms me. Minneapolis is a, is a great, beautiful city and, uh, you know, they have fine roads. <laughs> it's, 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 there's infrastructure there. Yeah. It works. It's um, efficient. But man, I haven't lived here almost two years or whatever it's yeah. you know, a little a year and a half maybe two years um uh minneapolis feels so sterile kind of in comparison now it's like there's you know you don't walk down the block in uh, minneapolis and see like 10 cats in a circle right like like doing what like what are they doing there's like 10 cats just looking at each other in yeah. a circle like the feral a cat circle. Gangs. it's real like, what is that it's real that doesn't happen like to, and then, yeah, you get these, just walking down the block, even in Mid-City where I live, um, just walking down the street towards City Park, and all the houses have, like, open flame gas lanterns on yeah. their porches and stuff. It's just, yeah, like, yeah. that's such a weird thing to me. It's like, it's like, isn't that dangerous? <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but most of all, you know, I was I was kind of in this neighborhood, um, Bywater Marini-ish area, yeah. and... Uh, I was driving home one night pretty late on a weekend and I was kind of going under the underpass like North Claiborne or um, on my way back up Esplanade and I found myself in the middle of like a street race 
Oh, like kids on ATVs and stuff? No, like cars, like souped up, nice, uh, like street ca race cars. Okay. <laughs> like Fast and Furious type right, of thing. Right, 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 yeah, yeah. And uh, so I, I, I pulled up, um, just, I, there was some commotion in the intersection, but there, I was in, in a row of like, you know, there was like five cars in front of me and four on the side, and I was just like, we're at the stop sign. I was like, okay, something, like, was there an accident? Like, there's a lot of people around. I couldn't really tell how many people. Mm -hmm. And uh, there was a guy with his hand out in the middle of the, the street, and I'm like, oh, no. Did he Let's, stop you? Yeah, they stopped the, the whole, He's all like, the traffic. Hold up. I'm not a cop, but I'm stopping traffic. There was a guy, yeah, just a, like a guy. He didn't He wasn't wearing a uniform or anything. He was just a guy. He didn't have a, anything. Uh, just That's... a t-shirt and jeans. And then a car comes whipping out of the kind of intersection, the underpass in front of us. And there's a guy leaning out the window with a like a looked like a white flag or t-shirt or something. Uh -huh. He's shirtless, like hanging out the window, and they do like a donut in the road and then speed off. That's some redneck. And, and it was really weird. It was really strange. And <laughs> I was just sitting there. It was like move. three in the morning. I was tired. I was right. like, I just. You know, was that bar redux all night or something? You know, bonds yeah, bonds yeah. or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Like, I just want to go to bed. And then after that guy does the the donut in the middle of the intersection, he speeds off onto um, I guess I ten or whatever the highway is there. And uh, then all I realize, I look around and I'm like, these cars are like pretty cool looking. Like they all got spoilers and they're like revving. They're starting to rev their engines and, and shit like that. And then the guy in front of us jumps out of the road and every single car around me that's like eight cars they all speed off as fast as possible uh right after that guy who did donuts in the intersection and i was left there yeah like in my honda civic <laughs> just like oh oh shit like what so they're following this, this guy this they all chase after this yeah, guy yeah, yeah, yeah. uh he's like the what are you there's like a there's a term for that right he's like the rabbit he's like the rabbit i guess yeah, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I don't know what the rules for this particular race or event was uh and then I'm the only one left in the intersection. Right. Like, I was at the wrong place at the wrong time. Um, or so I thought at the time. And I realized there's like a hundred people lining the streets. There's like tons of people it's out like there. It's like a legit I did not realize race. how many people were out there. It's like a legit street race. Like, I don't know. I Probably not city sanctioned or anything like that. No, I'm sure it's very legit. <laughs> but it... That sounds amazing. Because there was an actual event around I'm just it. sitting in my Honda Civic living, listening to like a podcast about guys reading books right. or something. And uh, all these cars take off and it's just me in the intersection like putzing at five miles per hour. Like looking at everybody who's just like looming over me lining the streets. Like, like they knew that I wasn't part of the race. But I was the only one left. And I was like the only bystander yeah. in the lineup. Right. Uh, so I'm just driving real slowly and I just turn on the Esplanade and I go, just drive up to Mid-City I'm like shaking, I'm like, what, yeah. what is this happened? You were just in the middle of it, like a, like a major, like, sort definitely illegal event. It felt like that, you know, yeah. and, but it wasn't malevolent, like I never felt like I was in danger or anything right. like that, it was just like, I felt like I had interrupted something. Yeah. And oh. I, I felt a little guilty for it, I was like, oh, I, like, want to roll in my window and be like, oh, I'm sorry guys, I didn't, like the Midwestern in me. Was right, like, right, just screw oh, things over. Hey, fellas, I, I didn't know you guys were hosting I'm this cool, today. I I just, I'm from Minnesota, so I don't, you know, we don't really do this. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they do that in Minnesota. Oh, they totally do, yeah. yeah. I was, uh, the next story actually reminded me when I was a teenager, I was in uh, San Jose yeah. with uh, my best friend's brother. 
um, and my best friend, and my best friend's brother was stationed. He was yeah. in the Air Force. He was stationed out there. He was stationed somewhere near the Bay. And we went to San Jose for the weekend, and he was just like doing street races with his yeah. little brother and friend in tow, oh which was yeah. like probably really irresponsible of them. But like, um, it was kind of a good experience because I just saw the um, street race circuit. Yeah. Like, it was like a real thing. Like, they, these guys just race their street It was cars. awesome. It was so cool. Yeah. I mean, they all just like took off. They knew their route, their lanes. They just like. Uh, but it's got like that can happen that, that just like happened yeah yeah and stuff like that has just like happened you know totally. you're just walking along and like a stranger will strike up a conversation with you and then suddenly two of you are in a, in a bar somewhere and it's like yeah that never happens at least not to me when I was living in Minnesota it was like you know people look at their feet when they walk yeah on the sidewalk nobody's like Really saying hi to you. Right. The weather here makes that permissible, or kind of like you might as well. Yeah. You know, like yeah. you're gonna be out. It's warm. You know, even well, it's the winter now, so it's not um, the same vibe. But like in the summer or in the spring, it's like, I mean, come on, you know you're gonna be out drinking anyway. Right. You might yeah. as well just grab those people and bring them along. Yeah, and I guess that's part of it. Is just like all the kind of the drinking and out of the city just kind of doesn't. It's not really the city that's, uh, like, uh, enabling it. It's, I mean, with the open container lot, it is, but, um... That's for tourists, you know? It's it's a big tourist thing. Yeah, know? there's and a I, lot of tourists. A lot of people who, like, live here don't party every day. Right. Like, they're just, it's a city. It's a city. At the end sure. of the day, it's just a city with a people living town. in it. And it's not, yeah, you get anywhere in 20 minutes, and yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. Um... And so, yeah, the the city is totally inspiring to me. It's like I really want to write a story about like the yeah. street race thing. Yeah. That's actually an excellent sort yeah. of like entry point into something, like, especially like you being or like a, you know like somebody being outside of it yeah. and observing it. And what I love most to write about are losers and people in over their heads. Like yeah. when you get that sinking feeling, you know, when I realized, oh, these cars are all like badass. And souped up, and, and, like, dumb, and like my stomach dropped, and I was like, "I'm in, a, I'm in over my head here." Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> if I gunned it, the axle of this car would just right, rip right, off. Right. Yeah. Um. So, but in, it, in that way, users of people in over the head, like those are New Orleans characters. They're like they are, and that's yeah. the city's been nothing but inspiring to me in that way. It's like, anytime I go out, there's that potential to just get way in over my head. Totally. And it's it's fun and it's 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 exciting and it's not it's not like I, I don't seek a, I'm not a thrill seeker like a danger seeker. No, I get and you. I haven't really felt you know uh, unsafe anywhere. Right. It's not no, like, it doesn't it's sound not, like you want to make yourself unsafe. It just sounds like you're like willing to like go to extremes to be open. I'm just willing to, for things to get a little weird. Yeah. On me. Um, it just you know I'm, it, I feel like living here has made me a little more open to that. When I was in Minneapolis, it was like I go to the same bar. Yeah. Do the same thing. I do this. I had a routine. It's just like, and now here, it feels like every weekend I'm in some new place. Like every neighborhood is so distinct, and yeah. um, there's always a new bar with a different vibe and a different, um, you know, host of people who are in there, and uh, it's great. It's constantly entertaining. Yeah. Which is at the end of the day, all I'm really looking for. Same, to be honest. <laughs> All right, well, I think this was a very entertaining conversation. I think so, yeah. yeah. Maybe convoluted, but... Uh, I mean, I'll take it. Yeah.
you know? We like, talk about hey, writing. Man, there's, there's no, like, yeah, there's a straight path from A to B, man. You gotta, you know, sometimes, you know, go to C, D, and E. Like, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> we were just, we were both so scatterbrained. Taking over your mind space, blowing up your earbuds.